Well, guys, welcome to, back to a very thankful edition of Beards, Brews, and Bros. I am your host, the man from Moss River. And now, without any delay, my co-host. He is the bell of the butterball. He is the man who does not know how to stop, drop, or pass the rolls. And knows all about the beast. Mr. K-Rob. You need to be arrested for that. <laughs> That is crime against dad against dad puns. Gee, <laughs> I, I, I my weekly allowance of dad puns and just right. Yeah, you, I, yeah, you, you've capped out. My God, that was magnanimous. Well, good morning to you, Mister Mossman. Man, thank you. Hey, it, it, it's a beautiful morning. It, it's a beautiful Monday morning, to be more precise. It's it's a cold Monday morning, but it is a beautiful one indeed. It looks properly like fall. Now, Kyle, the question is, are you actually going to graduate from the children's table this year? That, that, that's my big key worry. <sighs> if I could punch you in the face right now, I totally would. Jeez. <laughs> well, yes, I plenty graduated from the, from, the, from the children's table. Well, I mean, it pr- provided that you don't expend your jokes. I know you're just as equally as guilty for dad puns as I am. No, I'm not. I don't. Dude, I'm a... I, I, yeah, folks, I'm a dad, but I don't have dad jokes. I'm just, I'm a father. You know, I, you used to not have dad jokes. When did this happen? I don't know. It's usually my process. You know, I, I sit there and I think about these things. I don't think I should ever be left alone. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> no, you're, if, you're, if you're left unchecked, you just might become officially a corny old man. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So right. I worry about you, but we've got a lot of fun, fun topics for this week's episode. We're both really, really excited, and hopefully you folks will be as well. So sit back, relax, grab you some coffee uh, and breakfast, and just chill with us on this Monday morning. Exactly. You know, it, we're, we're at the, you know, the early part of the week, you know, getting geared up for Thanksgiving and everything else. And you know what? The holidays are a magnificent thing. So... Guys, this week we're actually going to go ahead and cover over a few classic items from, you know, holiday season. You know, we're going to talk about those terrible handheld systems that our parents used to get that were considered games, mind you. And then we're going to talk about memories of game sharing with our friends and titles that got us turned on to, you know, particular franchises. And then we're going to talk about those interesting 90s, you know, let's say, for example, trends in fashion, and then things that just you know, kind of flew under the radar that kind of died out over time. And as well, we're going to talk about a few little nostalgia pieces from our school days. And then we're going to do our retro rewind over a couple of selection of DCOM films that me and Kyle here had exchanged over on. And we're going to discuss even some of our other favorites as well. So that's the catalog for the day. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. There's, you know, our, you know, our retro trends. We got some bad memories with the Tiger handheld electronics. We're going to talk about because I always, I, I always called those poverty games. <laughs> but because you don't, because you didn't grow up with a lot, you were grateful for what you got because you easily could have had nothing. But God, those things were bad. So can we lead off with that? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, honestly, I can think off the top of my head. I had four of those titles. I had Aladdin. I had Paperboy. I got a Ninja Turtle game that was, you know, ran on four AA batteries instead of the typical two for Christmas one year. And then we also had the Lion King one. The Lion King one was, 
I was going to say it's okay, but it's really not okay at the same time. It's a, it's one of those things of like, it's like playing on a calculator. Was it easier like, than the, was it easier than the Sega Genesis version? Well, yeah. You know, here's the thing about those Tiger games, Kyle, is that no matter what, you were able to succeed and beat those games. It was just the right amount of difficulty. And no matter how much you screwed it up, I still feel like you would have won either way. Oh God, they're they're the absolute worst, and you know, uh, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd fame, he uh, did a you know an infamous rant on his channel about um, Tiger Tiger handhelds, and not just the handhelds, but the other products. But we're folks specifically talking about these, and if you don't remember them, you probably had one because if your parents weren't didn't have the money to get you a Game Boy or a Sega Game Gear, uh, this is what you had. And they were L, and the graphics were LED. It was literally the same type of, uh, same type of, you know, visuals that you see on a calculator, but they were supposedly arcade style games. And Jesus, I had Mortal Kombat Tiger version. I had Street Fighter as well, Street Fighter Two, and it's it was an ab- abomination of all mankind. To have these things, and can and you had to you had to trick yourself into thinking that this was the real deal. That was the worst part about it. But to somebody else who actually had the good stuff, you looked like the lamest person in the world. Well, that to was, be honest, you guys games were actually a bit of a callback to Game and Watch. I mean, it was the same style of graphics. To be truthful, that that's a very good point. The original Game and Watch, and that was, and folks, that for those who don't know, the Game and Watch was a, a precursor to the original Nintendo. So that is a good callback, but man, by the mid '90s, I mean, your expectations were just better, and you're still subjected to these things. Uh, well, the time when Game and Watch came out, it was a precursor, early '80s, late '70s, and that was groundbreaking for the time. You know, you had like Donkey Kong Jr., and I think you had a couple other titles that were on there, and you know, you had a, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of the other things. Like they were just random games that were like, oh, you uh, you have it was fire. I think one was a fire department where you had to try to save people that were jumping up the building, and it it's all goes back to. So there's actually a Smash character called Mr. Game and Watch, and uh, he is a character that was in several of those games where you either you were putting out fires, you were rescuing people, or you know it was just little side scroll action like that. Ah, uh, now I now I have actually never seen one of those in person, but I am very familiar with the with the hardware and, and I imagine something like that would cost a lot of money these days just for collectors. But, um, back to the, back to the tiger handhelds, you showed me something a couple of days ago and I couldn't believe it, but ladies and gentlemen, in 2021 tiger handhelds are still being made and sold as new products. You sent me a picture of mighty Morphin power Rangers because of course it would be power Rangers coming from you Oh, being course. sold for about $16 on GameStop.com in 2021, and my jaw hit the floor. Like, who's asking for this? I mean, to people, it's nostalgia. I mean, you read the comments on it, and they're like, oh, my God, these were so awesome. They're like, no, they were so terrible. Stop no, they it. were awesome because you were poor and you didn't have any choices. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is I remember we had an old Nintendo still. And my parents would give me these, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is just something to entertain myself with. Right. I'm five at the time and don't care because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. You know, when your cousins won't let you play games with them, and you're like, oh, 
like a home game system, and then they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good game. You, 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 we'll let you keep playing that one. We're going to play this over here. <laughs> yeah, they're playing the cool stuff, and you're too, too young and dumb to know better, <laughs> and they're taking advantage of the fact that you're too young and dumb. But it doesn't matter because you're entertained. You're occupied. I honestly felt that these things were a means for parents to get their kids to be quiet. I I would definitely say that. Kyle, think about those two, though. You know, the classic football game that they made back in the 70s. Oh, yeah, the Mattel football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you got to think about it, you know. And then they had uh, later on made solitaire and different other things like that. So, I mean, there's a market for it. I mean, it's a... It's a niche market, but I mean that's that's all. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly it. It's a it's a definite niche thing. Uh, come to find out, there also is someone made a tiger handheld emulator. Oh God! Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching. I think it was the um, Mortal Kombat One ports episode of the Angry Video Game Nerd, and James James Rolfe made mention the fact that someone actually made an emulator for tiger handhelds. I shake my head in shame over here. I, I just, I cannot quantify. It takes a particular evil individual to make such emulation. See, that is proof right there that the devil is real. <laughs> I agree, man. I mean, there there is a greater evil out there. I mean, somebody has become that because they created emulation for the Tiger this, this is as bad as finding out Vince McMahon was the, was the higher power in 1999. It's me, Austin. Jesus. Um... And it does get an all son of a bitch out of me because I saw that and was completely embarrassed. Um, but, folks, you know, if you have any memories or you or if you want to talk about the Tiger handhelds that you had in the past, feel free to let us know on, on our page at Beards, Brews, and Bros on Facebook or in the comments section on our official now YouTube channel. By the way, big news. We are all, we are on YouTube officially at Beards, Brews, and Bros. So give us a like, sub, hit the bell. And if you have any, any memories of those, let us know because we're since we're all roughly in the same age group, we all have horror stories about bad video games. And Tiger about took the cake t- for me. Now, one question for you, sir: Did you have any Tiger games on the wristwatch? No, I actually did not have any of the Tiger wristwatch games. You know, I remember back <laughs> the titles they had. Uh, I remember uh, Mortal Kombat was one as well. And then I feel like there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one as well. But we need to talk about that too, Kyle. Who in the hell decided at Konami to make Ninja Turtle-style Tiger handhelds? Someone on peyote, okay? You had to be on some, you had to be on some shit for that. I, I don't know. But three um, idols, Kyle, three times? <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna defend it. Look, as a former Konami apologist, I'm not gonna defend this, especially because I want to defend Konami now. But like back in the day, you know, Konami was one of the top developers, video game developers in the, in the world. So they were probably just riding the wave like everybody else, and they wanted to milk as much money out out of this fad of these digital handheld gimmicks with mixing with their most popular IP, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I get it, but I'm not defending it. They had to be garbage. There, there's just no way around it. You sent me pictures of, of, of about four different ones, and the, and the structure of these things were not built for the average human hand. 
Did it right. not look like the Star Trek logo, the way it is shaped? They did. That big green one totally looked like the Star Trek logo. <laughs> Folks, there's a picture of that particular handheld on our Facebook page at Beards, Brews, and Bros. And it literally, I didn't even think about that. Dude, it totally looks like the Star Trek logo. Oh, I thought about it the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. And you, know, you want to know something else, Kyle? It's kind of funny. Well, yeah. I kind of actually looked around a little bit. They still sell Game & Watches. Like, they have the one for the Zelda anniversary, and then you can get the, obviously, the more recent Mario anniversary one as well. No, I, no I, I'm not surprised by that. I saw a tweet, actually, from Nintendo that uh, said, it's dangerous to go alone, take one of these, and it was a plug for the Zelda Game & Watch, which I thought was really cool. Um, but you know what? That gets a pass because Nintendo's overseeing all of that. That's their hardware, and they know that no, no company in the world and in the world of gaming can get off on nostalgia more than Nintendo. Now that is tapping into a very niche market. The like the next closest thing would be selling all of a sudden like many versions of Famicoms. Well, you um, know, haven't ever gotten that we've been kind of waiting for for a while. Zelda fans, a remake of the very first game. Oh, that's a great idea. Now, since since you wanted to bring that up, and you are you're the, you're the biggest Zelda guy, I know. What game would you prefer that look like? I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't mind just them doing the rescaling like they did for uh, Link's Awakening for the Switch. Keep that same oh. You know, and it was very close to the top down like they did for Link Between Worlds. I would be fine with that. That would be okay for me. If you're going to take an older game and scale it up, let's do it in that style. Don't give me a full facelift and doing it like, you know, Breath of the Wild. Give it to me like a pretty much a rehash of the, you know, Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds, or even, you know, Link's Awakening. Give me something like that. And then also, let's go ahead and get behind a remake on the second one and make that more of a top down as well. But keep the same story. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's a very good idea. And Nintendo, if you're listening, uh, feel free to get, feel, feel free to, to borrow that. Or as Van Wilder would say, write that down. Even folks, not everything has to be done like Ocarina of Time. Not everything has to be Ocarina of Time. Well, you know, repeat that, repeat that three times to yourself, and maybe it won't happen. But you, boy, you know how they love. Remember, it's just like with Resident Evil Four. Not every Resident Evil remaster has to be number four. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to call back to those particular things, man. I mean, I, I love Ocarina of Time. I love Majora's Mask. I know mm-hmm. what I'm hammering for a full HD remastering and rendering of it, and I'm all for that. But let's give some love to our older titles. Let's give it back to, like I said, let's do the first one. Let's redo the second one. We've got tons of material. Or, you know what would be even awesomer? If they just actually did Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. I would be fine with that. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Jared is on a soapbox this morning. (laughs) Uh, I definitely am. I mean, you you get me started on Zelda. I feel like between Zelda fans and Kingdom Hearts fans, they are some of the most jaded folk you will ever, ever, ever. You know, considering that you are a fan of both. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'll admit it. You know, we, we are particular in the way we prefer our titles, but there's a, yes, I mean, there's a line in Zelda fans. You have the retro lovers, and then obviously you've got the 3D platformers that enjoyed, you know, anything past Ocarina of Time. Honestly, one of my favorites in the animation for the 3D was wind waker i enjoyed it but less everything else give me that top down <laughs> give me the old school give me my fix 
<laughs> his your fix. I need it. I need it. I need it. <laughs> In fairness, when you talked about fans, you know, fans being jaded for certain franchises. I'm the same way when it comes to Metal Gear. You know, I want that to look and sound a certain way because we are getting the Metal Gear Solid movie. So that's going to be weird when I first hear Snake first speak and it's not the voice isn't David Hayter. Like, that's going to be weird. But, uh, you know, as a gamer, as gamers, you know, it sucks when we watch watch movies based on video games we love and we're and deep down, we're just judging the movie as we watch it because well it doesn't it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that and it doesn't sound like this and why isn't this song in the movie it was in the game and stuff like that why are we like this <laughs> well look at mario fans how up and offended they got is chris pratt playing mario i'm okay well with- i i think people who even aren't weren't fans of mario brothers were offended by that well i mean honestly in my personal opinion you can't ever replace captain lou but i will give you the chance to I mean, I do love me some Bob Hoskins, but, you know, he even he got sour on the script. But apparently the final it, script that that he was given wasn't the original script. Everything got flipped. Well, the funny thing was that they changed the writing so much in that film. And, you know, John mm-hmm. but even said that he's like, yeah, every day it was like I got a new script. He's like the writers were constantly changing everything. And of course, at that time, too, you got to think the writer's strike was going on. So the few that they had were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. This is also true. Plus, plus the entire format of the film got changed because it was releasing right around the time of Jurassic Park. So we got to capitalize on dinosaurs and stuff. And they took it literally. It was so bad. Well, it was, but, but, you know, you just got to remember that it, once again at that time, disregard source material. And then you've got to think about the fact that too, too many companies try to compete with each other on that. You know, if they're using something hype, you know, like, for example, Jurassic Park, you don't necessarily have to go be like, oh, we're going to put dinosaurs in everything. Every film this year is going to have dinosaurs. That's so unnecessary. It's the worst. And, folks, yeah, you know, this is this is us veering off on a bit of a tangent. But, you know, we're very passionate about this. We want to see. Uh, more of our favorite video games being represented with respect. So that's why we get upset about that. That's why, you know, even the ones that come off as remotely decent, we, we put in higher regard than they actually are, like 1995 Mortal Kombat, which I will always die. I will gladly die on that hill. Um, you know, Street Fighter sucks, but I can watch it because Raul Julia was great as Bison. Ming-Na Wen looks amazing as Chun-Li, you know. Yes, Jean Yes, Jean Claude Van Damme was was filmed a movie while sm- while doing doing cocaine, but I can give that a pass, you know. But like the Metal Gear movie, I want that to be good. Like if you ever get a Zelda movie, I know you want that to be amazing. Uh, a Zelda movie, but I don't want them to everything for me. <laughs> Do <laughs> that's okay. I get that. I, I don't- the movie I, I you know the less things that they can fuck up from my childhood the better <laughs> that is very fair because a lot of our childhood is just getting torn down and rebuilt and made to look worse that well, might be a, that's sir. another soapbox for another day because i'll get real mad about that <laughs> well, how many times did we have we talked about you know the the thundercats remake well how about we don't ever again uh, jeez that, that there's there's just only so many sacred things in the world that they can shit on. Well, okay. Now, when you say that, while Disney Plus announced 
uh, last week because they had a Disney Plus day where they did a big info dump on new programming. X-Men the Animated Series is coming back. I saw that, and I, it, I'm i definitely afraid for this. I'm, it's I'm, called X-Men 97, which, number oh, what that does, it gives me PTSD for how bad the last season of that show was. All I ask, leave the art style the same, keep the theme song. That's about it. You know, Ron Washman would gladly donate the rights to that. You know that, right? Sure. I I think he absolutely would because it, I I'm gonna say it it's the best song he ever did I, there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I knew that would wind you up. <laughs> I knew that would get you so bad. Oh man, folks, he gets super defensive over Rod Washerman because he did every Power Rangers song. <laughs> the man is a bad song, but you are not gonna tell me that X Men. Opening theme song is more iconic than Go Go Power Rangers. I didn't say it was more iconic. I said it was better. Or We Need a Hero. Absolutely not, Karen. Oh, here we go. Now, you know, are you going to run off the roll call of all the songs? Like, dude, I know. Five for one. Go Green Ranger Go. White Ranger Tiger Power. Uh, I I know. They're all awesome. I don't feel the same way about those as I do when I hear da 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 da. Yeah, so good. Dude, the buildup from the Zords theme song, come on. You know, just that high moment where it's that. Da, 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 da. I, no, it, it gets me going too, but not the same way. Like, I'm jazzed. Dude, my daughter loves Power Rangers, like, close to like you do. Um, you know, she loves Tommy. She actually has a Black Ranger figure that is really tiny, and she said that looks like Daddy. So, yeah. Then why are you over there trying? me like a betrayer come on it's not a betrayal i really feel that way but in x-men 97 i you know i I, i'm excited with bated breath because you know today's day and age a lot of you know our childhood is getting bastardized and watered down and it looks terrible so you know they're going to bring back the proud family that's another example they're bringing the proud family back it's called louder and prouder that that one i'm pretty excited about um like, okay, imagine if Gargoyles got a reboot in 2021. Do you think that would work? No, not because the storylines and stuff would not get the proper treatment is what they did back in the day. Just I don't feel they would. An audience these days, you can't, you just can't. Nah, I mean, even if you got Keith David to come back and voice Goliath, because Keith David has the world's sexiest voice. Do I need to give you a moment? Okay. Uh, well, can I get a smoke real quick or can I go get a puff? Cause yeah, I'm feeling some kind of way. All right. Um, so yeah, thank you. Well, for, <laughs> we're going to get back on track here. Um, and one thing, and, and well, one thing that you mentioned before the, before we uh, went live on the air is, you know, yeah, we can share games these days. You can do game sharing with, if for people who have Xbox ones, PlayStation fours and fives. Um, you can add a profile to your to your console for a friend and let them borrow some games, if you will. They're all digitally, but to me, there was nothing like going to school and taking one of your games with the confidence that one of your friends wants to borrow it, and he's going to let you borrow one of his. And you and you both can get really awesome experiences because that guy's letting you borrow something you don't have and vice versa. So I know you've got to have some cool stories about sh- uh, about sharing games with your friends back in the day. 
Yeah, man, I actually do have a few funny stories uh, about some games shared and passing around. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the funnier moments, one of my friends, Joseph, back in the day, we used to trade games in uh, my seventh grade English class. You know, when we were supposed to be reading, we would actually have our Game Boys set inside the books. And I remember, you know, hey, if I got stuck on a level or something, I passed it up to him. You know, we were trading back like Metroid Fusion and then a, I had a Wario Land 4, I think, was on there as well. You know, just different things like that. You know, Link's Four Sword Adventures was another one. But, you know, <laughs> that, that was kind of one of those little pieces of nostalgia there. And then also, you know, trading back, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 was, you know, before I ever got it, he let me borrow it for a little bit. And I was like, man. I got to get this, and I actually ended up getting that title for Easter, you know, because whenever you're a teenager, you still believe in Easter Bunny. Hey, guys, can you get me this game for Easter? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you had a little system going on there in the middle of class, huh? Just pay you, if you get stuck on a, on a spot. So now I got to know, how did you keep the, how'd you keep your console, your Game Boy hidden from the teacher? Did you all have your books up? Yeah, you know? we I'm like we were reading like our book like it was just tilted perfectly up and all you could literally see was just our thumbs moving and just playing and then, oh that's so smart and then uh every thought i would turn a page so it wasn't like we're just staying in the same spot because you know that, that's a little sus if you're just sitting there on the same page uh jared are you stuck on um, something yeah exactly because <laughs> yeah because if you if you're not turning the page then you get a concerned teacher <laughs> no i really want to be like Man, this book is a real page turner. <laughs> oh, good lord! Well, that's that's hilarious. Um, I have you know, I my I have one my favorite uh, game sharing story because this actually allowed my mom to get into a game that I was playing. And you know, by the time when you're in high school, your parents don't really care what you're playing. You know, they're not really interested. So. Uh, there was a guy, a guy named Drew that I went to school with, and he. And at one point, when we got older, he became a neighbor, and he um, he let me borrow a Grand Theft Auto set of Vice City. I couldn't afford this game anywhere. My mom wasn't gonna buy me a, buy me a game that wasn't a priority. So you know, you ask around if anybody you know has the game. You know, I got you. You got me. I honestly can't remember what I let him borrow, but he let me borrow Vice City. So I took it home. And the and the PlayStation Two at the times in the living room. I wasn't allowed to have a game console in my room yet at this time. So I turned this thing on, and you get in the first car you get into when you actually start to play is Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. My mom's in her room. Her bedroom door is open, and she peeks her head around like, "Why am I hearing? Why am I hearing Billie Jean?" So she walks in the living room. She's like, "Is that on your game?" Uh, yes, ma'am. And she's all, and she starts jamming a little bit. She's like, "Man, I didn't know they put music like this on vi on video games nowadays." And you know, because I didn't know what was on, what music was in the game, because uh, in GTA Three they didn't really have licensed music like that. So in this one, I'm just cycling through all the little radio stations because when this game came out, you know, the Grand Theft Auto hype was always a big deal when you know back in the day when those games came out. So I'm going through, and then she's hearing music from like foreigner and uh there's there's a little bit of ozzy Osbourne in that game it's it's set in 80s miami vice type of you know type of shit so you you kind of know what you're getting and she is jamming so like i have a great memory of my mom actually getting into a game that i played because of the music and that came from game sharing and i thought and i just thought that was the coolest damn thing in the world so it's cool today to share your games 
digitally, but physically, to me, there was just nothing like that. Like, that's cool. Like, it's, it's like I'm holding the Holy Grail in my hands because I'm not going to be able to – I may not get the game from the store and it will actually be mine, but somebody let me borrow it. Now, of course, dude didn't get it back. He really didn't care because I didn't get my game back. So that was the beautiful thing about it. And at the end of the day, no one really gave a crap. <laughs> but, man, I, I kind of miss doing that these days, don't you? I, I really do, man. I mean, because, you know, when you're sitting there talking to somebody, be like, hey, you totally got to try this out, man. Passing the game around and all that, people don't really do that anymore. It, 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 it it's kind of a lost thing, you know. I mean, you, you kind of see that revitalization with couch co-op stuff as well, too. But, yeah, and it's and it is cool. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely wish it would happen more often. But you know, the people that you would probably share with your friends these days, some of them are like. Eh. I have this Xbox. They don't really have the same thing as you nowadays. It'd be like me trying to share one of my Switch titles with you. You're not a Switch player, so. Yeah, and like if I had one, I probably would be, but it's just, you know, it's just something I don't have where I can't share anything, you know, Xbox with you. I, you know, I'm, I have an Xbox One. Can't do that, but that's cool. Um, you know, folks, if you have any memories of sharing games with, with people, um, let us know once again, comments on Facebook and all of our platforms, because we all have wonderful memories of being able to do that. And also when you were a kid, if you, you know, tying back to the tiger handhelds, there were, there were kids at, at lunch tables in elementary school that were swapping around their tiger handhelds. Like yeah. I'll give you this in exchange for like your pudding in your lunchbox. <laughs> Yeah, I I I I remember days like that. Really miss them. They were it, it was it was fun. Like it was it was so fun to be a kid when we were kids. Oh yeah, for sure. And like I was saying, I actually have something for you. What was a game you and your mom actually played together quite a bit? That you know that that would make for a great future topic. So actually, um, Sonic Spinball on okay. Sega Genesis. We were a Sega house. So, um, well, yeah, we definitely uh, Genesis does what what Nintendo don't get get real. Uh, <laughs> but my mom was, you know, before you know, life picked up and everything. She used to play video games for you know a good amount, and she played the, the dog out of Sonic Spinball. I was not that good at it. I didn't even like it because it didn't feel like Sonic. But I would I would sit around and watch my mom play this game, and she beat it. Mm-mm. Which you know, as a kid. There's nothing more lame than your parents beating a, a video game in front of you because See, your parents are not supposed to know how to play video games, okay. you know? Well, I mean, I, with me, and I, I mean, we'll save us for a future segment, you know, family members that we gamed with. Totally. I'll be honest with you. One game that me and my dad used to play, and you'll be really surprised by this. It actually was a Sega title. was actually NBA Jam. You, you, hold on. Your dad? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm 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 very very uh floored to to hear that he does not seem like the kind of guy who would have you know picked up a controller. See, the thing was back in the day, uh, we would play a little bit together, and it was I don't even know if it was just him just trying to be you know more involved with what I liked to do, and you know I appreciated that. And uh-huh. it was it was like, oh hey, you know what are you playing? I, I would play. Something. It's like, hey, let's 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 play this. You know, basketball's fun. I'm like, sure, why not? So, and it, it's not like we ever picked the great teams. Like, I was always really good with like either the Bulls, obviously, or 
even like the Clippers at that time were okay in that game. But every single time, you know what he picked? What's that? He always picked the damn Phoenix Suns every time. Hey, Phoenix Suns are actually cold on on uh, on OG NBA Jam. Like they were really good back in the day. But he, it, did he did did you always get the business from him? Oh my god. Well, we always would get the business from them if we played something else. And then the always the other team he wanted to pick was always the Cavs. Cleveland was pretty good on there. So, you know, yeah, your dad had good taste. <laughs> well, dude, it, it wasn't like, you know, with me, like I like picking Charlotte or I like the Bulls. Those were my two favorites that I would pick. Oh, uh, the Hornets were the Hornets were cold, but plus they had one of the stars of Space Jam in it, Muggsy Bogues, little five foot three. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I did that. Or even the Magic. I enjoy playing with the Magic on there. That was fun. okay. No, Magic were great, and it's and and just to make you feel old, one of the players on the Magic on that game is a college basketball head coach now. Um, also, <laughs> a little side note: Did you know in the arcade version of NBA Jam, you can play with Shaq, but not on the home version? Yeah, I remember that. And like I was saying, the Knicks too as well, man. I enjoyed oh, it. But, you know, that's, yeah. but that's one of those memories I have with him. He actually played a, a video game with me. That is that, that's so, that is so cool. Like, admittedly, that is that is super cool. And, yeah, next – I think next week we absolutely should talk about siblings that – like our experiences gaming with our siblings. Well, um, siblings and even uh, possibly just game with family members. Totally, man. You know, I got, and you know, you know, I come from a very large family. I have seven siblings, so I've had plenty of opportunities. So, yeah, I, I got stories about, uh, about about my sisters cheating in Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, playing SmackDown versus Raw with my brother, and getting my youngest sister into video games with like, well, with like Guitar Hero. So we're that's going to be a lot of fun next week. That's a fantastic idea. You know what? I, I might actually get a hold of my sister and see if she might even possibly be able to participate. In that little discussion, and yeah, because you know um, that was one thing you used to always tell me that you would uh, play uh, that you and uh, your sister Amanda would always play Zelda together. That would be like y'all's go-to thing, you know. That is a ours. <laughs> we have to play Legend of Zelda together, and we have all the castles, you know, palaces divvied up by who can do them the fastest. Obviously, I have my few that I'm like gold at. And there's like the ones that she does that she's like, oh yeah, I can I can run through these no problem. Yeah, and it, it's almost all obviously I always get number seven, you know, the last crystal of the game, and then she's like, okay, I'll take the golden palace, and you know, you can do certain phases of that, and she's like, I'll take the final boss. I'm like, the hell you will. <laughs> well, uh, first off, dude, that's uh, that's older sibling rules. It's like older sibling is always uh, player one. Well, dude, that's why I was always Luigi, and I mean that—that's something else we can always talk about. You know, the sibling being player two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's so good. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely have to get into that next week. I'm—I'm—I'm um, I'm, I'm already excited about that. Well, actually, next week Byron will be with us, Kyle. So we probably need to push that out to the following week. Sorry, folks. I hate to break your. No. Well, you got me. You got my hopes up, brother. No, we'll definitely get into that uh, down the road. But that's gonna be that's gonna be something really fun to discuss. And like I said, we might be able to latch on to some of our siblings and see if they can participate in this. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think I might be able to swing Amanda into talking. But you know, hey, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> definitely will, man. No doubt, no doubt. I, I've seen some miracles happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you let the folks know what's what's next up? 
Well, let's go ahead and dive into those 90s trends. You know, speaking of my sister, she was a lot of the one that, you know, in the 90s, uh, she was the first one to get, like, the trend. So, obviously, she had, like, the first CD player in the house. I was still rocking a cassette player for a lot of the time in the 90s. And uh, just different things that, you know, it's kind of crazy what your siblings introduce you to, especially if they're older, of things in the 90s. See, now, I wasn't super big as a kid on those trends and fads because, you know, we really couldn't afford those and they weren't priorities. One thing we did have was an Easy Bake Oven. I know that's like that was a very popular toy back then, and it's made a comeback. I'm actually planning on getting one for my daughter for Christmas. But I'll tell you the first one that I really got into, Tamagotchis. Oh, yeah. I know, dude, I know you had one. You had to have had one. Yeah, I had a dog, and uh, my sister actually had the cat. She got what well, we got. I can't remember what year in the 90s we got it, but yeah. And I remember actually, the funny thing, KFC actually did a promotion with Tamagotchi. Which is KFC? Funny. Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, uh, I think it was 96, 97. We'll have to do that. Okay. I'm pretty sure, like I said, that was that was one of those things I do remember. The kernel was involved because, you know, that was hype at the time. Oh, we're going to latch ourselves onto a product that's popular. Right. Well, and you got Chia Pets, too, as well, man. Chia. <laughs> those, like, you know, even the Giga Pets as well. Honestly, you know? I, 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 I always thought that anyone who had a Chia Pet was rich. <laughs> oh, dude, it those trends that just got started. I mean, I'm pro- it probably started earlier than that, but I just remember so many of them in the 90s. I remember going to my aunts and uncles' houses, and, you know, they would have, like, the turtle with the greenery growing out its back or, you know, different things like that. But back to the electronics thing there. You had Tamagotchi, and you had your Gigapets. The Gigapets were the lesser version of Tamagotchi. <laughs> so they were the Digimon of, 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 of variety, basically. Dude, Digimon was great. You, you, you can't put Digimon and Pokemon together. You can't just grade them together. All right. But well, you mentioned you mentioned Gigapets. Uh, did, now, did you know anybody who had one of those? We actually had some Gigapets as well. Like I said, we had the regular Tamagotchi monsters, and then we had the Tamagotchi cat and dog, and then the Gigapets had the cat and the dog. And then, of course, the weird thing about that one is you could actually punish your pet on the Gigapets thing. That was the terrible thing. We, we You know... You had the, uh, there was four buttons on the bottom, and you could select either, oh, you can clean up their mess, you can walk them, you can see how big you can try to get them, and, you know, watch them grow up. And then there was actually a function on there for punishing them, and if you punish them too much, the animal would die. And I'm like, oh my god, that's so dark! Wow, that's heavy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it was totally unnecessary, but it was a thing. I mean, you know, they really wanted to hammer home... It's like when your parents tell you if you want this pet bad enough, then you're responsible for them. You know, I guess that's what these things were like, too. <laughs> Crap, man. That's heavy. Got to tie it back to real life when you're a kid. <laughs> Can it just not? Yeah, like, dude, that, like, that, that, that's a little too harsh. But, you know, sign of the times. And, you know, that's what we grew up on. Now, another one you mentioned and that we definitely want to talk about. And I know that, like, dude, there were a lot of girls specifically that had these when I was in middle school. Hit clips. Yes. I couldn't tell you how many times you'd see like the little boom boxes clipped onto people's book bags or they'd have like a chain of these. And guys, if you don't know what hit clip is, it's more or less a single from an artist that was almost like an emulated, emulated like almost like a cassette player. 
you know, you slid the cartridge in and it played. So you had things like NSYNC, It's Gonna Be Me. You had Britney Spears, Baby Hit Me One More Time. Different things like that on those things. Like, no joke, dude. I thought those, I thought, I thought hit clips were super cool. And it was mainly, like I said, it was mainly girls who came from families that had like money, if you will, that were walking around with those. And you couldn't tell them that their you can their stuff did not stink if well, you had one of those player that they had. Like it was like you know it looked like a CD player. You slid the cartridge and had like little headphones even for them. Mm-hmm. And something else too as well. You know, kind of people that I, you could tell that were well off in that day. Video nows back in the day when they had the black and white versions first come out. Now, uh, now, because you only have one sister in your family, did Amanda have? Did she have one of those? Was she really big into, you know, the the those trends at the time? No, uh, that was actually after she was, uh, you know, she gotten into high school and stuff. You know, you know, video nows came along later. Whenever I was in like middle school and stuff, so you saw these kids have them, and pretty quick, essentially, it was like a DVD. You know, you put it in there, you had a little probably two and a half inch screen that was in black and white. And the funny thing is that the the Shrek movie actually was on video now. And it was pretty much very, very low quality. I, I don't even think it was even 480i. It was just super duper low. And they started putting them out in color. And I remember watching like SpongeBob and black and white on there. But then, of course, I remember like handheld televisions from that day, though, too, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? I remember that before we started getting into digital television. You know, we still ran off the UHF and all that and VHF signals. And that, that, that's mm-hmm. another ball game for another day, folks. You know, we're, we're starting to show our age here. <laughs> we really are, and thank you because I can feel I can just feel the uh, the grays developing on my head. But you know, the thing is, my sister, like I said, she had the CD player. Uh, she had different things. She would introduce me to music. I'll be honest with you. I was a little brother that, you know, she's like, oh, this is what's going on good right now. I was stuck listening to, like, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, things like that. And then uh, the funny thing, one Christmas, I remember my cousin Matt, you know, we do the gift exchange at the Mossman's back in that day. Mm-hmm. The funny thing was I had written down, I wanted a Britney Spears album. You know, you never thought those words would come out of my mouth. But, Actually, I'm very glad to hear that they did because there was too many dudes who, who had to had to sneak around and hide the fact that they liked her. Well, it was the whole thing. It was her uh, second album, and you know I, I enjoyed it. And a lot of it was the fact that many of her uh, keyboard and a lot of her different sounds reminded me of like Mario Brothers theme songs. To be honest with you, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the processing of digital sounds in the synth. Oh yeah, totally. You know, that was the tagline there, and I had no problem. But then, you know, of course, we, we didn't have anything. Like, I remember, like, the band Bewitched. I remember 98 Degrees, you know, O-Town, all that stuff. Man, oh, beautiful. Yeah, you know, 90s boy band stuff. And that's what my sister kind of mostly listened to, you know. She had the first Sony boombox. And I remember listening to, you know, the first one had the CD player on there. And she was kind of the one we were – she guided us in each guy. <laughs> Watching Screen of the Teenage Witch and stuff like that. That was fun. And she was honestly the first person to get me into watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. See, I never would have pegged you as that guy, but I'm proud to know that you were that dude. I, I was that guy back in the day. Well, you got to think. You, you emulate what your older siblings do. 
I mean, obviously, you're you've got your sisters and stuff, and you know, you pull a lot from them, you know, because you're kind of looking how they guide themselves through life in a way, and you're like, oh, well, you know, this is cool at the time. And then once you realize you get to school and all these guys are like, hey, have you ever heard of Guns and Roses and other things? I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> Let me well, actually, I, like, <laughs> I did like I did because like my introduction to a band like that was watching Terminator 2. So like I was familiar with them at an early age, but I, I didn't really start picking up getting into music until like new metal really took off and like that was when i started listening to music by myself you know i didn't feel like i didn't i didn't really feel that you know anybody could relate to me you know and also i had i had to i had to sneak around and pretend that i didn't like like instinct and stuff because for dudes back then it wasn't considered cool to say well i like so and so i like christina aguilera and then looking back on it that's one of the dumbest things that you could even think or say like okay christina aguilera number one is fine number two can blow so who cares but yeah like and there's i'm because i have so many sisters and you know they're all you know had different experiences and for the most part different likes um like you really become a motley crew compiling everything that you know you grew up around because we're all different and in, in, in so many different ways where you only have one sibling you know i got seven of them you know? <laughs> she like shoot that's, that's a lot to you know pick up from and, and obviously you know you know my sister oh yeah and, you know while we're talking about her let's go ahead and dive into something that is very close to her heart book fair well why not sir <laughs> well, why not you know for those that don't know, she's a librarian, so the, the, this this hits home for her. You know, when book fair comes around, you get to see the wonderment and joy in children's eyes as they get knickknacks and books upon books. And then you get the realization of, i got to be here most of the night for parent-teacher conference to go over and organize this whole shindig. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that part of it, a part of it she's not thrilled about, but oh, no. man... Uh, now, why don't you tell tell everybody about your experiences with book fair, like what it looked like as a kid? Did it kind of feel like a carnival or it, like a circus had come to town within school? Because that's what it felt like to me. Dude, that's what it felt like to me as well. It was just like the carnival. It was an event. They marketed it towards kids, obviously. But, you know, the books that I always sought after while I was there was the Captain Underpants books. I couldn't tell you how many times I had gotten a Captain Underpants book from book fair. And then, of course, you had to have your little knickknacks that you got that you never remember you got them. And, you know, you know, the goofy pointers and everything else and the erasers and the shapes of game controllers and things like that. Yeah. And, there, and that made you feel that made you feel so cool. Um, the, honestly, the wor- one of the worst things is is going to book fair, seeing everybody get stuff and not having and not being able to participate. But for me, it was always those. Do you remember those Garfield books where it's just a compilation of of the comic strips well dude i actually got a calvin and Hobbes book from there oh heck yeah what the 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 garfield books were my absolute jam uh when i was a kid probably about second third grade i could read those all day and that's how i became that's how i fell in love with uh the garfield uh character was reading those and you know i and i and i realized something i said man i think i'm kind of like garfield i'm kind of pudgy sometimes i'm kind of lazy and i'm really really in love with lasagna so I think I'm kind of like Garfield. <laughs> I identify with that orange cat. Thank you. Well, uh, another another series of books that I absolutely love getting there. Um, we used to have the um, the Star Wars books, but it wasn't so much um, it wasn't so much like 
non-canon books, but these actually were picture books of the first three movies. And you could read through an, abri- an abbreviated version of, of each of the movies, and it had pictures of scenes from all three of the films, and it was really cool. And honestly, that's how I, that's how I saw Darth Vader's face before seeing the movie, because I'll admit I didn't see Return of the Jedi until uh, it came out on VHS, like remastered in the late 90s. I was very late to Star Wars. Hey. So I actually saw his face for the first time in a book. Speaking of which on that, do you remember whenever they put out the precursors, you know, Phantom Menace and all that? Yeah, yeah. How much spoiler material was in that? Because those books came out way before the movie. You remember that? I don't actually. So you'll have to fill me in in the audience. I'm sure. Well, for those who do know, um, you'll be you'll be getting smartened up to this like myself. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole thing was I remember that it was probably a week or so or two weeks ahead before the movie had released. I remember getting the book for The Phantom Menace. I remember yeah. seeing imagery and the photos from, you know, them being in the submarine and then different other things. And, you know, they left it very, uh, you know, obviously it was very friendly. It was guided. It mm-hmm. wasn't as detailed as the other. You know, they cut out the whole thing with Qui-Gon Jinn's death and everything. But it was the thing of, like, you got early access to those images because of Scholastic's. You know, and that's, I remember things like episodes of Power Rangers as well. They did the same thing with some of their books, you know, mm-hmm. when they, before they even came out. I remember that the Food Fight episode was actually in a book form before it even released. I remember reading that and then seeing the pictures of it. I was like, oh my gosh, episodes of Power Rangers from the book, man. You know, and you saw that a lot, you know, especially with like uh, tangible like movie properties and, you know, anything with, cartoons that you would see certain imagery and you're like hey i don't know what that's from i don't remember that see now i wish i wish we had those kind of books then uh, now i remember i can tell you one of the last books that i actually did get from a from a book fair and i know this is going to age your ass out real quick the ant from the animorphs series oh man funny thing about uh, most of those Dude, the the cover the covers to those books look so cool, and they they they're still cool to this day. But when you're a wide eyed kid, and you see the and you see the person on the cover of the book transforming into whatever animal that they do turn into as you flip the pages and and stuff, that was amazing. It was and then and then and like and then you and then you get into the story, and you're hooked because first and foremost, visually. The book got your attention. Then the stories were really good. So, like I can tell you, that was literally one of the last books I got from uh, from a book fair. Was an was an Animorphs book. So good. Well, that's called good publication right there because obviously someone has produced it with good artwork, and then obviously the writer with its content. Absolutely, just that, and that was that was such a good hook to draw you in. But uh, folks, once again. Feel free to share your your memories of book fair. And since most of us have children now, and they're going to get their opportunity to go to book fair, um, if you have any if you have any thought uh, memories for your kids, um, you know, picking up any books or getting excited about it, and you got to share with them, feel free to let us know. We absolutely love to hear from you. Oh, absolutely. And Kyle, what's your kind of holiday plans looking like this year? What, what are you doing? I'm I'm well, thinking I'm gonna spend some time with 
the in-laws for a little bit, and then probably going to go see my parents in my sister's house. And well, originally, the, originally the plan was to go down to uh, to go back home to Poplar Bluff and go spend the day with with my mom and family. But then I realized that my job uh, did not give me the entire day off, on because I work I work graveyard shift. I have to come in because we know what the day after Thanksgiving is. Um, yay, right? <laughs> okay, I got to be at the sausage shop anyway. Well, um, so no, what I'll be doing is I'll be, you know, I'll be staying here and spending the, uh, sp- spending Thanksgiving day with, um, with my daughter at my daughter's aunt's house and, um, or at her cousins and, you know, just enjoying, enjoying that time and hopefully taking a good old nap while, while during a Thanksgiving football as, as I normally do. Yeah, that'll probably be able to take a nap at some point. I know I'm going to try to work in some Legend of Zelda with Amanda. And I'll probably, you know, just enjoying the day off, you know, because folks, you know, the, the first thing you guys are always looking forward to in the holidays is a, a regular day off. That That's the beautiful thing of it all. No doubt. And um, now the thing is, I have Wednesday off, not Thursday. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of backwards and a little messed up. But, you know, things are what they are. And, you know, no, nonetheless, I'll always be grateful to be able to have have, you know, uh, you know, extended family to spend uh, spend the holidays with, and you know, I get to see my daughter in a super adorable, you know, Thanksgiving dress. Which yesterday we got her a new dress for uh, thanks for Thanksgiving service yesterday, where she sang at, and I put the dress on her, get her dress, and she goes, "Daddy, I'm gorgeous." She's five, saying this, Just "I'm in trouble." <laughs> you better watch. I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. She she's this extra at this age. Yeah, I don't stand a chance. <laughs> Got her into a career of professional wrestling. Like I said, she's already getting the woo factor going for her. Well, yeah, well, uh, woo! Just 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 to light him up a little bit. Um, she she was meant to be in front of a camera. I swear, she's such she's she's such a ham. But um. You know, uh, once again, folks, it's going to be a great week uh, where everybody who gets who does get the opportunity to spend a holiday with their loved ones, cherish it. It's a very special time. So we want to definitely, as always, hear from you, see what your holiday plans are, get in touch with us. Uh, next thing on the docket, sir, I know this is something that we were really excited about discussing last week. Um, Disney Channel original movies. These, your teeth in. <laughs> well, for, well, first off, uh, I, I I imagine when we first talked about this, the first one that was going to come out of your mouth was Susie Q. Because obviously. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, Amy Jo Johnson, get real. Back exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, that's got to be his absolute favorite. But, you know, you had some other ones. Like, that was one of the originals. Um and also, Amy Jo is just about every '90s kid's first crush, not named Topanga. So, uh, <laughs> but you had some other ones that you really, really wanted to talk about. We, you know, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on your favorite DCOM movies because that was prime viewing when we were children. Well, and dude, DCOM films were also, you know, the entryway to the holidays. You had one for each holiday. You know, we had during Halloween. You had Halloween Town. You know, they uh, gradually got more films you know i think they're up to three or four now and mm-hmm. i remember things like under wraps don't look under the bed you know and the movie i recommended for you to watch was mom's got a date with the vampire which we will do a review on here momentarily but that was another one of those ones i enjoyed 
And then I remember, you know, for St. Patrick's Day, you always had to watch, you know, Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish, yes, sir. Coming of age, like, you know, the 13th year, you know, was really good. Uh, Up, Up, and Away was another one of my favorites. I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a take on superheroes. And, you know, one of the kids not having these superpowers and, you know, saying it's okay to be your own person. It's okay to be normal, to what degree normal is. And then, you know, I I remember other things like that. And then uh, there's just so many of them, man. Uh, It just, they were films for us to adjust and learn aspects of life. Some of them made us have thought-provoking questions. Other ones were like, oh. Well, this is actually pretty cool. You know, like Johnny Tsunami was one of my favorites. I enjoyed. Oh that. yeah. Uh, and then of course you had punks. You had, you know, Brink. You had things that were the Moto- motocross. Oh yeah, dude. Get real. You know, anything action that was edgy for kids in the nineties, they were like, dude, skateboarding. Here you mm-hmm. go, Tommy. He's gonna be the surfer. It's even better. And it's like, oh wow. And you know, you had the I can never remember the actor's name, but. He was the guy that played on the famous Jet Jackson was on there. That was another. Uh, yeah, uh, Lee Thompson Young. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed that show as well, too. And I know you have a soft spot for, like, Smart House. Oh, completely. First and foremost, I'll watch anything with Katie Seagal in it, let's be completely honest. Um, but she, uh, her role as Pat in that movie is absolutely fantastic. It's one of my favorites. Besides, Smart House was, like, the closest. Like, imagine... Imagine an automated house that's like the man's kitchen from Home Improvement. Oh, oh. Like, that, that's exactly what that felt like, but with Katie Seagal in it, uh, playing the voice of the house, and then she actually becomes a human at the very end of it. But um, I had a movie to recommend for you. It was The Color of Friendship, which was a lot more of, a lot more serious mixing coming of age. And it was very thought-provoking for children of that time because the, I, I felt the target audience for – Decom movies were teenagers, people, you know, or young, um, yeah, preteens getting into that, you know, that coming of age point of their life. And it gave you a lot more to think about as opposed to your typical decom movie. You know, it wasn't silly like Under Wraps or Don't Look Under the Bed or My Date with the President's Daughter, another favorite. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we will uh, get into our reviews in just a moment. I really, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts about that movie. Um, and I'll and I'll definitely give you mine on Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, which you couldn't have picked for me a better movie because of who was in it. Dude, I, I'll be honest with you; it was just cheap hype to get you going. <laughs> I mean, with, with the guy who played the vampire in it, knowing knowing the show that he was a part of, uh, that felt like pandering. That'd be like picking a decom movie with Betty White in it. Like, come on, that's cheating. Well, if you notice on some of those decom films, you had a lot of the people that were established stars, you know. You yeah. Stars from Sister Sister. You had, you know, obviously, you know, cast Boy Meets World on a couple of different other episodes. You mm-hmm. had tons of stuff where these actors were making cameos on there. You know, obviously, you know, Susie Q, you know, having Amy Jo Johnson from Power Rangers. You were picking pop culture icons at that time and putting them in the. And 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 honestly, that was that's a big attention getter for kids at that time. I mean, well, I think Susie Q came out in what ninety six or ninety seven, and she had just come off of doing freaking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, stop, oh, you dude. know. And then you mentioned uh, another one I wanted to actually uh, uh, touch on as an under wraps. Uh, the man who plays the mummy is is Bill Fagerback, the voice of Patrick Starr on SpongeBob. 
Oh yeah. Well, life sized is another one we forgot about as well too. Oh yeah. That, that's there's, awesome. There are so many just you know fun experiences, and we didn't even mention another one. We didn't even mention the Xenon franchise. Oh, dude, absolutely. And then of course you know later on the Kim Possible movie and stuff. Yeah, and Cheetah Girls and 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 everything like it, and, and that they were just such a staple. Well, folks, we're gonna go ahead and get into. Uh, is it time to? Is it time to rewind, sir? Is it uh, time to rewind? All right, for time for our retro rewind. See, I like and <laughs> I, I, you do it better. I was one. You know, I want. I wanted to shoot my shot this week. Oh. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, uh, we each of us last week we picked up a Disney Channel original movie for each of us to review. And you gave me uh, Mama's date. Mom's got a date with a vampire. And this movie, honestly, as I told you, know, I told Jared just a few minutes ago, felt like pandering because the vampire is played by Mr. Charles Shaughnessy. Now, for those who don't know, he played Maxwell Sheffield on The Nanny. And The Nanny is one of my favorite shows in the entire universe. So not only was he in it, you also had Caroline Ray, who played Aunt Hilda on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I love that show. And the casting was just fantastic. And that just that, that, that points to what we talked about just a minute ago. The casting for the main roles in some of these movies was just was excellent. Oh, dude, they had perfect choices for these. I mean, obviously, you had to pick their status in pop culture for one, but just their feel of them on the stage. You know, he played a fantastic vampire. Like, yeah, I enjoyed his acting with that. You know, dude ran off with a Ferrari. And he's like, Empire Hunter that's there. I, I cannot remember the guy's actual, the actor's name at this time. Robert Carradine. Yes. But he had put on like coals and saw the tracks catch on fire. And it was like, oh, man. You know, it was actually a vampire. And it's like, the guy paid in cash. <laughs> <laughs> See, and also the, also the jokes in those movies generally, like, yeah, they were a little little hokey, but not enough to where you cringe. And that's one thing I liked about this. It's an, it's an easy watch. You can find it on Disney Plus. Like you can find all of these movies. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I honestly think today I'm going to watch my date with the president's daughter because like anything with Will Friedle in it, I'm totally watching. Dude, the tag yeah. songs for these shows too. My date with the president's, with the president's daughter. That's that's such an earworm. Like oh, when it- I think of decom movies, and I, if I think of a song in a decom movie, that's probably the first one I think of. Well, all the other ones just had like cliche, like little theme songs, you know, like Up, Up and Away. It was more of like the dun 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 dun, like superhero. Yeah. Had uh, a few other ones like that, and you know, the Xenon. Uh, God bless. Who was in that? I'm, I'm trying to think of the musical actors in there at that time. See, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but who I remember mainly being in the movie was Raven Simone. Well, I remember that too. And I, dude, we, we cannot forget. I, I enjoyed that so, Raven. That was another one I enjoyed. Oh. Bit. Love it, love it. And we may have to talk about those down the road. Our favorite Disney Channel original shows. I was su- I was such an even Stevens dude. Oh, dude, oh. Stevens the movie. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did like Lizzie McGuire. Um, not as much as the other, but I legitimately would come home on like Friday nights because I in high school kind of didn't have a life. Uh, <laughs> probably till about senior year, I was legit watching that so Raven like weekly. When it was when it was hot. See, whenever I was in high school at that point, we lived so far out in the country anyway that you know most of my friends we had to either drive to hang out or we would you know stay at each other's houses or whatever. But yeah. 
I still was kind of the same way. I was kind of one of those kids. Like, you know what? I'll stay inside for the most part. And then we all get girlfriends and then usually run around with them. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's what happens in high school, folks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I know once again, you gave a great recommendation. Um, and the movie, once again, is called Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. It's a DCOM. If you got Disney Plus, which I mean, if you don't, why don't you? I hate you. Uh, just kidding. We love you. Uh, <laughs> But the one, the your movie of choice uh, that that why I chose for you was the color of friendship. And once again, this was a little bit a lot a lot of lot, had a different tone than your typical decom. So, want to yeah. know what you thought of it? Well, man, I enjoyed it. And uh, as you know, I'm terrible with actors' names as I've shown already on the show. But you know, I enjoyed the premise of it. You know, the leading one of the leading ladies hails from South Africa. She is Caucasian, and then she arrives to meet up with this host family who is african-american and it's kind of the roles reversed you know you know even you know there's nothing really more heartwarming is whenever you learn a lesson and it's mm-hmm. kind of first arrives the girl that her name's piper is very cold to her and, you know it's kind of like oh you're not what i was expecting to arrive and she's like doesn't know anything because she's got you know She's got those goggles on, you know, we got the rose shade glasses where she's like, oh, yeah, you know, everything's fine and normal. You know, I'm just a normal person. It's the person on the other side that's judging me for who I am at that point. And, you know, later on, they have several series of disagreements and stuff. And, you know, you just get to see the relation between them because they both come from two separate worlds. You know, obviously, they think at first it's a culture shock of, you know, United States to Africa. But, you know, they start slowly realizing it's like, no, it's like, you know, you never judge somebody by the color of skin or, you know, what they believe or whatever have you. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's what it gets really down and deep into, you know, everything that we struggle with today. You know, I think honestly, some people just need to turn on the old television and see how some of these situations were handled in these shows, you know. That's a good way of looking at things. And, you know, that's another film that. For you know, I, I felt it set a good precedent for young people of that of that time because it's a good it gives you a good example of how to how to look at people not for you know what they look like or what they come from but who they are as individuals. And I thought, and I just thought that was I think that's a fantastic film. Well, the thing um, by face value, man, that that's the whole thing there. Mm-hmm. You know, like like for instance, I I mean. I probably, if, you know, when I met you, I probably would have just judged you as some weird emo kid because you were wearing all the him gear, except for the fact that I love the band him too. And on the surface, I wouldn't look like somebody who would listen to goth rock, but I do. Oh, dude, that was one of our bonding points there. And then yeah. I had to take you to church on some Mario Brothers on several occasions, but you know what? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, yeah, we do come from different, you know, backgrounds and we're raised differently and, you know, didn't experience all of the same things. But at the end of the day, you know, we aren't friends. We, this isn't a friendship. This is a brotherhood and nothing oh. changes that, you know, despite the fact that you're a lot more pale than me. And at one point you had hair better than most women. And, you know, I, and I look like a, I look like a chubby chocolate teddy gram some days. But that doesn't change anything, you know. At the end of the day, we're brothers. Oh, exactly. I'm sorry, I was running on your sweet parade there for a moment. But now you got that damn Teddy Bear song, Teddy Graham song, stuck in my head. Teddy Graham song. Yeah. Just I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, what are you getting at there? 
you don't remember the the, the freaking uh, tagline for Teddy Graham's the Nabisco thing? You know? No, I really, I, I actually, I don't. Well, it, it's a spin on the whole uh, song of I, I just want to be your teddy bear, but it said it, it's like just want to eat those Teddy Grams from Nabisco. Ooh. <laughs> I do not remember that at all. The nineties, once again. Jeez. Not even that, dude. Like I remember tons of jingles and stuff from the nineties, but not that one. But to, but once again, to the point. Um, that's uh, that is a, a movie I completely would recommend to you know anybody. Not just because it's you don't have to be a fan of Disney to love it. Um, just it's, it's a very strong movie with a really good message. Um, but that 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 was that's what was cool about DCOM is that it had a wide range of you know variety for its for its films, and and there was great representation as well. You know, you had Johnny Tsunami. Your you know there was a representation for Pacific Islanders in that film. Um, it was very and, friendly, like television. Yeah, and 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 that was to me that was one of the best things about it. Well, folks, once again. Um, feel free to share your memories, your favorite DCOM movies, the one that's your absolute favorite, the, your least favorite. Any any thoughts or commentaries, feel free to email us and drop them in at beardsbruisingbros at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and on YouTube as well, uh, because we, you know, as I always say, we love to hear from you. Um, Mr. Mossman, you got any other any other thoughts, commentaries that you want to get into this week? Because, we, you know, we've covered a lot of ground and laughed at a lot of different things. It's been completely fun today oh yeah it's always a good time anytime we can share some time and just even shoot the breeze for a little while and then guys also you know if we missed anything on either side of the fence of any of our topics just feel free to let us know as well obviously yeah. we have platforms you can reach us at you know you can listen to us on itunes you can listen to us on spotify you can reach us at gmail you can reach us at even at our current our new youtube page you know we're we're, we're very open to anything yeah, completely, and that's and that's the best thing is we're trying to cr- we're we're trying to create a family, you know, family type of a- atmosphere with our show uh, weekly. So we want you to feel as in- we want to feel involved with your lives as you as you know we get you involved with ours, and um, you know, next and honestly, you, the way that you spoke about gaming with family earlier, that's something I definitely want to get into next week. When you told me that you that you actually played NBA Jam with your dad before we even we brought this to the people. I was really surprised because your dad does not seem like the kind of guy who would pick up a controller at all. Oh, not at all. He, he doesn't give you any inclination that he would be somebody to be that. But, you know, honestly, though, his father, my grandpa, never really gave that inclination. But he was always playing video games with us kids. And that's Isn't that who you got your Atari from? Uh, No, I actually got my Atari from my uh, Lloyd. Uh, the funny thing is uh, my grandfather got me into most of the gaming. We can get on that another day. He, he That man is responsible for my love of Nintendo. And as well as, you know, just general Mario Brothers. Now, and, and that and I would love to talk about that as well. Who were our influences? And I actually I have a really cool story to share uh, when we do talk about gaming and families. Did you know my mother invented Ma- John Madden football? Yeah, we were talking about that last week. You know? OK, so that I, can, I really can't wait to share that story. Um because honestly, my mother should be a multi should 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 be damn near billionaire at this point in her life. <laughs> Guys, this is what we call getting old. We we sometimes forget what we have talked about. Yeah, so, listen, 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 I've slept since then. You leave me alone. Well, yeah, that do. I'll I'll be fair with you. There's many times I've forgotten things since I've slept since before then. But you know, hey, <laughs> part of life. 
yeah, always a part of life. But you know what else is part now a part of your weekly life? Beards, brews, and bros. And we, you know, we're more than ha- more than happy to bring you this week's episode of Shenanigans and Malarkey. And hopefully you enjoyed it. And we look forward to having you on next week for more adventures. And guys, always remember, be kind and always rewind. And we'll see you next week.